This is the Roast and Reason podcast. Join your host, Andrew Boyer, as we explore the world of specialty coffee. So grab a cup of your favorite coffee and let's dive in. Welcome to Roast and Reason. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you guys so very much for joining me for another episode. And we have another episode with a very interesting conversation with a guest today. Today's guest is Trevin Miller. Trevin founded and runs a shop out of Portland, Oregon, that I've mentioned several times previously on the podcast called Mr. Green Beans. So Mr. Green Beans is currently located in North Portland. It's a shop for basically coffee connoisseurs. So they sell home brewing equipment. They also sell a lot of equipment used to roast your own coffee at home, including some home coffee roasters, and a pretty wide selection of raw or green coffee beans. I've mentioned Mr. Green Beans most recently on episode 35 of the podcast where I talked about where you can buy green coffee beans to roast at home. Mr. Green Beans is where I commonly shop for both supplies um, as well as green coffee beans for my own home roasting. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and find Trevin's experiences and insights into the world of coffee as well as home coffee roasting to be as interesting as I did. So first of all, Trevin, thank you so much for agreeing to come on today and and have this conversation with me. Um, Why don't we start with, tell us a bit about Mr. Green Beans. Um, How long have you been operating and kind of what was the motivation or or thought process behind uh, having a store focused on, on coffee and home coffee roasting? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, So Mr. Green Bean started as, basically it was a, why the hell aren't other people doing this sort of thing? Um, We've been roasting our own coffee for about 20 years now, um, and we've had the retail shop for almost 10. So for the first 10 years, we were buying coffee through the main websites like Sweet Maria's and Coffee Bean Corral and whatnot. Um, But we were also kind of begging local roasters to sell us coffee because it was easier and we like shopping in person. And we kept wondering why nobody was was opening a shop that catered to coffee lovers. Um, there was home brewing shops, there's needleworking shops and bead making shops, but there was nothing that catered to coffee lovers. So um, uh, there was a point where my career changed abruptly and we decided to take a gamble and start our own retail business. So that's how it came about. Interesting. So what was your exposure or experience in the world of coffee before this? So you were, you were roasting your own. Um, were you involved in, in the coffee industry professionally? No. Um, my only involvement with coffee was the, it's kind of integral to our family tradition, uh, both mine and my wife's families. When we get together, there's always coffee involved. Um, so that was really our only experience with coffee was as it related to our families. And then we started roasting coffee mostly to save money, but also it became more of a, a hobby at that point. Um, gotcha. Definitely haven't worked professionally in coffee until we started the shop. Gotcha. And so who's, who's behind the shop? Is it, is it you and your wife? Yes. There's just three of us right now. Um, myself, my wife, Ginny, and then we have one full-time employee, Dirk. 
um, who's in the retail shop mostly. So most of our customers know Dirk, but um, it's my wife and I that uh, are kind of the the backbone of the shop. And I typically save this question for the end of uh, interview episodes, but why don't we jump in and, and do this now? So tell people who have never been in the shop uh, or been on your website where they can find you. So Mr. Green Beans is predominantly a retail shop located in Portland, Oregon, currently on uh, Mississippi Avenue in North Portland. So uh, the address is 3908 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. Um, we will be moving the shop at the end of the year, so that's going to change, but um, currently off Mississippi. And then online, we have two websites. Um, the main one is the DIYCoffeeRoasting.com. Okay. And again, for those people that haven't been in the shop or haven't been online, what kinds of products do you sell? So we cater to coffee enthusiasts. So we carry raw coffee beans, typically have between 40 and 70 varieties of raw coffees, um, prepackaged in, in smaller quantities and then available in larger quantities for those that want them. Um, but we also carry a full line of brewing equipment. So we've got grinders, both electric and manual grinders. We've got all the filters for all the different types of brewing systems, including Kalita and Kimax and Hario. Um, and then we sell a bunch of brewing equipment, gooseneck kettles, pour-overs, basically everything that helps people enjoy the coffee they make at home. Um, one of the taglines we use in advertising is love the coffee that you make. And so our whole goal is to get people to where they can make coffee that when they sit down and drink it, they absolutely enjoy it. Nice. And, and anybody that's listened to the podcast before I've, I've talked about, uh, Trevin and, and Mr. Green beans, multiple, multiple episodes, including kind of where you can get your own, uh, equipment and, and coffee to, to roast your own coffee at home. This is a place where I normally buy my green beans and supplies. So, um, I love your shop. Thank you. We appreciate the support. You're very welcome. Thank you for supplying what you guys do. Talk to me about the green beans that you got and the raw coffee that you guys sell in, in the store. Where, where does that come from? Where do you source it? How do you decide what beans to carry? Well, we source coffee from all over the world. We work with all the common importers. One thing I discovered when I got into the industry is that everybody pretty much buys from the same people. Um, you have big importers that facilitate the movement of coffee from small producing countries into the United States. Um, and really pretty much everybody uses kind of the same pathways. They're there. It's inexpensive. Um, so when we go to buy coffee, we typically kind of look at it from two perspectives. The first perspective is what do people like? What do our customers like? So we always have the basics, the Brazils, the Sumatras, the Guatemalas, the Colombians. Um, but we also look for coffees that maybe people have never heard of. Um, I know you've mentioned in your podcast before the Bali, the naturally processed Bali Kintamani. Um, it would be an example of a coffee that up until we brought it in, a lot of people had never even heard of coffee from Bali, um, let alone tasted it. And so we look for coffees like that. We currently have a coffee from Timor, um, which is, again, most people don't even know where Timor is. Um, but it's a really nice coffee that is quickly becoming one of the, one of the favorites of the shop. Um, so we look at it from that perspective, and then we always look at everything under a lens of socially sustainable, environmentally friendly, and really just good for us in general. Um, so we try to find coffees that support the local communities where the coffee comes from, the environment where coffee is grown, um, and as well as good for our you know least amount of chemicals possible. So, very very nice perspective. What 
kinds of coffee do you personally normally prefer? And you can take that however you want, origin, roast level, however, however you want to take that. But Absolutely. what kind of coffee do you normally like? I am one of those strange people who likes a lot of different things. Um, so it's hard for me. It's always hard for me to pick a favorite. Typically, I gravitate towards chocolatey, nutty coffees, kind of in the medium roast levels. Um, I absolutely love a really good, fruity, like naturally processed Ethiopian or any of the naturally processed coffees if they're done really well. Um, and for those, you have to roast them light to really get the full effect of them. So, um, so you know, if I'm looking for something to really excite my taste buds, then I'd probably go for like a, a really well-washed Kenyan or a really nice natural processed coffee from Ethiopia or, or some other region that's doing it great. Um, if I'm drinking coffee, like in the morning with my wife and I, we typically go for like a Central American coffee or a washed Indonesian, just a smooth, easy drinking, chocolatey, um, just sweet and delicious coffee. And what about the the raw coffee that you've got in stock right now? Um, do you got, do you have a a favorite or one that you we already mentioned, kind of the the Bali and the and the Timor. Um, anything that's super unique and, and you're, you're really digging right now? Well, the Bali Kintamani is back tomorrow. Um, okay. I'm super excited for that. Um, this is the fresh crop for this year. So we haven't uh, tasted it other than on the pre-ship cupping. Um, so I'm super excited for that one to come in. Uh, we have a naturally processed coffee from Myanmar, which is again, another oddball that people haven't normally had, and, you know, to kind of satisfy my, my, or my, uh, love of fruity coffees and I've been going to that Myanmar. Um, beyond that, we have a new coffee from Colombia right now. It's a pink for bone. So a hundred percent pink for bone, um, small micro lot from Colombia that as far as like an easy drinking chocolatey caramely cup of coffee is really hard to beat. I'm actually, uh, in the market for some new, some new beans and probably going to make my way to Portland in, in a couple of days here. So I'll, awesome. I'll write those down and check them out. Totally. What change, let's switch gears a little bit. And, you know, you've been doing this for, uh, for a couple of years now. And what changes have you observed in the coffee industry uh, as a whole and, and specifically related to home coffee roasting since you've started and been running Mr. Green Beans? We jumped into the coffee industry kind of at a, a moment of change. The... Everybody talks about the third wave, the second wave, fourth wave, and all that. Yep. But, um, when we started Mr. Green Beans, the idea for the third wave was really getting rolling. Stumptown was starting to become very popular. Um, a couple of small micro-roasters in Portland were opening their doors and quickly gaining speed. Um, so the biggest change that we've seen since we've started the shop is the access to, to the farmers themselves. Um, when we first opened Mr. Green Beans, if we asked an importer, like, hey, we're interested in this coffee from Guatemala, can you tell us a little more about where it comes from? And the answer would be, well, it comes from Guatemala. Um, now you can go to the same importer and you can say, you know, you've got 15 Guatemalans. Can you tell me, can you tell me what you got? And they'll break it down um, all the way down to the names of the kids of, that the farmer has. Um, so access to actually where the coffee comes from on a micro level is probably the biggest change that we've seen. Um, and also the access to high quality coffee. Um, part of the switch, you know, people talk about third wave. Part of that switch was switching to coffee that actually has flavor beyond what you add in the roasting. 
Um, and in the beginning, those copies were hard to come by because importers and growers were just used to producing as much coffee as they possibly could. They never really focused on producing coffee that had unique flavors. And then now you can get you can get amazing coffee from just about every country that produces coffee. The attention to quality and details in the coffee growing industry has changed dramatically in just the 10 years that we've been open. And have you noticed any changes related to home coffee roasting? Have you seen a, a growth in, in the industry or the hobby or whatever you want to call it? Um, are home roasters getting more sophisticated? What kind of, what kind of changes, if any, have you seen in that regard? Are you referring to the equipment itself or the people doing the roasting? Both, actually. Okay. Um, from a from an equipment standpoint, the answer is we've been baffled that it's taken so long for for technology to take hold in the home coffee roasting industry. If you look at what happens with cell phones in the ten years that we've been open, compared to what's happened with coffee equipment, it's kind of mind boggling. Um, we're still using coffee roasters that were made back in the eighties, and they haven't really changed them all that much. So, just recently with the Bullet and um, a couple of like the Kelvin and a couple of the new roasters, like Kawa would be another one. Um, you're starting to see technology finally start to work its way into the coffee roasting industry. And I think that's going to be right now, they're still crazy expensive, but so are cell phones when they first came out. So um, it'll get cheaper as more and more companies start to actually invest in it. Um, so I'm pretty excited about the changes that are coming for the actual equipment for home coffee roasting. As far as the personality of the people doing the roasting, um, there's two kind of main mentalities. Uh, there's some people who roast coffee because it saves them money. They're not necessarily super interested in the flavors that you can produce by manipulating how you roast the coffee. Um, they just want to buy inexpensive coffee, roast it, have decent coffee at home, but save some money. Um, and that hasn't changed. That market tends to kind of go up and down with the, with the economy. Um, when things get tight, more people roast their own coffee. When people feel flush, they'd just rather buy coffee. The other mentality is the people who are super interested in either where the coffee is coming from or the flavor that is inherent to the coffee beans. And we've seen that side of the market grow pretty dramatically. Um, a lot of people have chosen roasting their own coffee as kind of their hobby or their thing that they do that, that they find a lot of pleasure in. And for them, this access to higher quality coffees all the way down to the producer level is pretty exciting. Um, when you as a home roaster can can buy coffee and you know exactly what village and what farmer that it came from, that's pretty exciting to a lot of people. Um, so we've seen that side of the market grow quite a bit. Yeah, and that's something that I certainly like about it. It's amazing that you as a small home roaster just you know doing your own thing can have that degree of transparency about where your product is coming from. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty special. There's not a lot of, there's not very many other food industries that the product travels so far that you can maintain that much control. So you obviously interact with a lot of coffee connoisseurs and home roasters. What's something that you think most home roasters get wrong? Um, I would say that the for most home roasters, especially the the, the mentality of like trying to get the most out of the flavor of the coffee and kind of the enjoyment is people overthink it. Um, roasting coffee is a pretty simple thing. And sure, you can get into the graphs and the heat manipulation and the rate of rise and development time and all that science behind it. 
But if you focus on all the science, then you're kind of missing, kind of missing the point. And you're probably not going to be as satisfied with it as you would be if you just relaxed a little bit, you know, pay attention to those details, but don't focus just on those details. Um, if the coffee you roast comes out and it tastes great, then you did a good job. If you think you can do, you know, get a little more flavor out of it or develop the chocolatey note a little more or pour out more blueberry, you possibly can. Um, but you're only going to get there if you kind of use the science as a guideline, but not as an overall, this is how you do it. Um, roasting coffee is one of those things where you have to be a little bit flexible and a little bit willing to not go go with the exact science, but go with just kind of like, ah, right here feels good to me. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it, it makes a ton of sense. Um, and, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a matter of like, did you produce something that tastes good and you like or not? What, let, let's talk about kind of same, similar question, but um, applying it to the population as a whole. What's something or, or a couple of things that you wish that most people knew about coffee? Well, the, I guess the, uh, <laughs> the, the social equity part of me says, I wish that people knew how incredibly difficult it is to produce coffee. Um, if you think that every two coffee beans that you put into your, your cup of coffee in the morning comes from one cherry and almost all those coffees are picked by hand. Um, the fact that we're still paying, you know, even on the home roaster side, we're only paying like five, $6 a pound for most of our coffees. Those coffees were picked by hand. And typically when, when the producers are picking those coffees, only about 25% of the coffee they pick is considered good enough to be sold to, by my shop. Um, so those pickers are putting in an enormous amount of work for something that most people take for granted and probably don't even know where their coffee comes from. So if I had to pick one thing that I wish people better understood, it would be that, that, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the, the small farmer in Guatemala or Vietnam that spends their day in, you know, hundred degree sun picking coffee just so you can, you can have that latte. Do you think that's improving? Do you think that social equity piece and, and, awareness is improving or do you think that's improving, but in a select population, like the true coffee connoisseurs, but the general population, it's not really improving yet. So coffee is still a commodity. Um, and as you see these big companies get bought up by bigger companies, that will always have the effect of needing to decrease the cost of the product. So anytime we're trying to decrease the cost of the product, the producer is the one that's getting screwed. Um, so is it changing? Yeah, totally. Um, but is it changing always for the good? Not necessarily. Um, there's like intelligentsia has done an amazing job with their sourcing and how they go about buying the copies they buy. Um, Stumptown for a long time did an amazing job, but as they get bigger and they need to supply more profit to their investors, then they have to kind of take a step back and potentially are going to do not as much for the growers as they used to do. So I think it's a little bit of up and down, which is why I wish more people understood it. Because if you if you understand it, then you can pay attention to where you buy your coffee from and kind of always demand that whoever you're buying your coffee from is doing things right. This this might be a little bit of a tangent, but do you think the consolidation – I mean, what, what impact do you think the consolidation that you've mentioned and, and obviously going on in the coffee industry in a big way, whether it's – Stumptown or Blue Bottle or, or whoever getting bought out by 
larger companies. What impact do you think that's going to have on the industry, on the suppliers, on on whatever? I think there's a lot of potential for good. Unfortunately, the people that have the power to to make those decisions tend to follow greed before they follow anything else. And so while there is potential, because I mean, if you're Stumptown and you have investors that were able to drop, I don't know how many millions of dollars on them, um, then they obviously are well capitalized. And so potentially you could do amazing things because it doesn't take a lot of money to put a, a new well in a village in Guatemala or to provide farmers in Honduras with some drying beds so that they can their coffee can hit the specialty mark. Um, the difference between the cost of commodity coffee and the co- and the price of specialty coffee can be dramatic. I mean, it, you know, right now the C market's somewhere around a dollar a pound. So commodity coffee from the farmers selling to the market at less than a dollar a pound. Where from a specialty standpoint, if you have producers that are that are producing coffee that is hitting a certain number, they can be getting three three dollars a pound for it. Um, so the the potential from the consolidation is huge. Unfortunately, where human nature is greedy, you know, that's just the way we are. So the likelihood of it being used for good is pretty stinking small. Um, I think the biggest impact that consolidation is going to have is it's going to open the door for smaller producers or for smaller companies to step in and say, like, look, guys, you know, they were great. They did amazing things, but they can't do what we can do. And we can introduce you to the farmer and we can we can tell stories. Uh, that's something that the big companies just can't do. Yeah. And that's not where their priorities are. If if your priority is to, is to give a return on investment to your investors, then, then your priority isn't about storytelling and about the farmers and uh, just exposing the consumer to a different end of the, of the market. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk to the folks listening to the podcast right now that are thinking about getting into home roasting. Um, so if you could select kind of a, a starting home roaster shopping list or, or whatever you want to call it, what would it include? So if someone's hasn't gotten into that hobby yet and is looking to get into it, what are you going to direct them towards in terms of what they need to buy? Well, I'm kind of a cheapskate by nature. So whenever we get this question in the shop a lot, like, oh, that sounds interesting. What do I need to buy? The beauty of roasting coffee is that you really don't need a whole lot. Um, a pound of coffee in a frying pan is a great way to just kind of figure out if it's something that maybe you would want to do long term. Um, once you become or once you decide that you're going to buy like a an actual coffee roaster, something that was designed specifically to roast coffee, there's quite a few options out there and the price range can be pretty dramatic. Um, so having an understanding of what you would want from a coffee roaster before you invest in a coffee roaster, it makes perfect sense to me. So a pound of coffee in a frying pan or an old hot air popcorn popper, in my opinion, are great ways to get started. Do a few batches if you enjoy it. If it, like, you know, the coffee may not turn out as amazing as you want it to. It's probably going to turn out pretty damn good, though. And it'll give you an idea of, like, yeah, you know, roasting coffee probably is something that I want to do long term. So if I buy a roaster, what do I want? Do I want to be able to produce a lot of volume? Do I want to have a lot of control over the roast process? Do I want to be able to hook it up to a computer and track things? What would I want out of a out of a coffee roaster? And so starting with something small and inexpensive is a great way to kind of help you figure out exactly what you would want once you decide to invest in one. That's great advice. What is your so you've been you've been home roasting for what, twenty years now? About twenty years, yeah. So what does your home roasting setup look like right now? Not not to say that that's that is going to be the same as 
as anybody else or what you or I would recommend for a beginner, but what is you, what is your home roasting setup look like? Well, currently I roast on a lot of different things solely because we sell the roasters here at the shop and we're constantly getting customers coming in with individual challenges that they've faced with the different roasters, whether it's the fresh roast SR500 or the Beemore or a hot top or a bullet. Um, and so we like to stay fluent on the roasters. And so we continuously roast on the different roasters. So like this morning, I roasted a couple batches in the Beemore, um, one batch just for my coffee for the rest of the week and another batch to try to determine what one of our customers may be doing wrong so that they're not getting the full benefit of the coffee that they were buying. I have a Huki which is probably my favorite roaster to use. I do most of the sample roasting for the shop and most of the coffee that I drink at home is roasted on the hookie. So I guess if I had to choose one roaster that I use predominantly, it would be the hookie. And how has your uh, roasting philosophy or approach changed over the past 20 years or so? Pretty dramatic. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I freely admit that before we started this process, we were just like everybody else drinking Pete's and Starbucks. We thought Starbucks Komodo Dragon Blend was probably one of the best coffees out there. When we first started roasting, we started roasting in a frying pan. And my indicator for when my coffee was done was if I was roasting it for my pleasure, then the first tick a second crack, I would get it out of the frying pan. If I was wanting to make my wife a little happier, then I would roast until the second crack was just kind of starting to ramp up. Um, so that was how we, even when we switched from the frying pan to a popcorn popper, that was kind of our indicator that, okay, our coffee's done. Um, now, because I have access to a bit more information on coffee, as you know, flavor-wise, as well as like temperatures and kind of what happens to the coffee throughout the roasting process, I definitely went down the rabbit hole of paying attention to the science behind coffee. Like what happens if I extend the drying period and speed up the development time? Um, so I spend a lot of time playing around with the different approaches um, to try to highlight different things in coffee. So if I have a particular coffee that has a really lovely sugar sweetness, how do I highlight that sugar sweetness? Or if I have a coffee that has some really great dried peach flavors, like I want to make those dried peach flavors as sweet as possible. Um, and then for coffee at home, like I said, we like chocolatey nutty coffees. So how do I produce coffee that has a great milk chocolate roasted peanut flavor? Um, so I've gone from just roasting coffee, just to roast coffee and drink it to roasting coffee with some specific ideas about exactly how I want that coffee to taste. Yeah, I've, I've, I've only been roasting for uh, two or three years now. And I've, I mean, I've noticed a dramatic shift in, in how I think about it and approach it to, um, I think that's a natural progression. Yeah. If you're yeah, I agree. I if mean, you like, if you like, if you're a tinkerer and like to know how things work, I think it's, you just kind of dive down that rabbit hole and go with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And most people like we've been trained to think that that Starbucks flavor is what coffee tastes like. And really like all that is, is just a, a, a caramelized, a darkly caramelized sugar flavor. Um, that isn't what coffee tastes like, but that's what we've been all. So most people, when they first start roasting, that's what they go for because that's what they think coffee tastes like. But the vast majority of people, when they start roasting their coffee, they start roasting into the second crack. And after they've been roasting coffee for a little while, the vast majority of them are stopping their coffee before the second crack starts. Not necessarily a super light roast, but um, kind of in that medium to medium dark kind of levels, which is kind of fascinating. So as we are having this conversation and recording this, it's about a month away from Christmas. 
um, and and you obviously run a shop for coffee connoisseurs. What do you? What are a couple things that you think should be on every coffee lover's holiday wish list? Well, that's always a hard one. Um, again, I'm a cheapskate, so uh, <laughs> all the stuff I have to buy to have fun. That's the route I tend to go. And I find that to be one of the benefits of roasting your own coffee or even brewing coffee at home. Like you really don't need a lot, but I will say that to produce good coffee, both from a roasting standpoint and a brewing standpoint, consistency is the overall, like if you, what, what is one thing I can do to improve my roasting or improve my brewing is improve your consistency. Um, and so one of the easiest ways to do that is with a basic scale. Um, is, you know, when you're roasting coffee, if you're always roasting the same weight, then you're always starting from the same point. If you're brewing coffee, if you know exactly what your ratios of coffee grounds to water are, then you're always starting from the same point. Um, so I would think scales would be an excellent, like if you don't have a decent gram scale, a great stocking stuffer would be a good quality gram scale. Interesting answer. I like it. A terrible salesman. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, I appreciate the kind of the honesty and, and, and sticking with, with, um, who you are and your approach. I mean, you could, you could easily have taken that into, into multiple different directions and, and tried to sell all sorts of stuff, but, um, you're exactly right. Like you don't, there are a lot of very expensive things and bells and whistles, whether it's coffee brewing or roasting, but you don't necessarily need yeah, it. You don't. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of things you can buy that will improve in other ways, how you roast and brew coffee but it's not needed. So if, if that is something that you want to do, if there is like, man, I really need to improve this aspect or that aspect, you know, give us a call, shoot us an email, come by the shop and say, hello. We'll happily talk through the different features and benefits of different products and why they matter and why they don't necessarily matter. I've taken up uh, a fair amount of your time already. So I, I, I've kind of exhausted the, the questions that I had for you. Um, and I'm, and I'm really, really grateful, Trevin, that you, that you were able to, to come on and have this conversation. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts or comments before we wrap things up today? I get, yeah. I mean, from a coffee standpoint, I would, I would just tell your listeners or the listeners to the podcast that, you know, try to enjoy yourself, try to have fun with it, try to not get too caught up in the details or the minutia because it, can kind of take some of the fun out of it and also kind of make kind of lessen your actual enjoyment of it. So relax, have fun, ask questions. Um, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Really good advice. And one more time before we wrap things up, um, why don't I have you tell everybody where they can find you again in case they missed it in the first first part of the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Mr. Green Beans is a retail shop based in Portland, Oregon. We have a website called DIYCoffeeRoasting.com. Um, and our retail shop is located off of North Mississippi in Portland, Oregon. Awesome. And Trevin, thank you again for, for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the opportunity. Again, I'd really like to thank Trevin for being so generous with his time and coming on the podcast and having this conversation. And I'd also like to thank him for what he does through Mr. Green Beans. His store uh, has been one of the key places where I've gone for home roasting supplies and for information. Uh, the staff there have always been super helpful anytime I've had any questions. So I would really encourage all of you guys to, if you're in the Portland area, check out the physical location of the store. If not, check out the website at DIYCoffeeRoasting.com. Uh, you can order green 
coffee from online or a whole host of brewing or home roasting supplies. Thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. It really means a whole heck of a lot to me. And I look forward to our next episode in two weeks. I will see all of you guys then. Take care.